0: Welcome to the Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Monkeypox. Yes, I know you've probably seen the headlines that there is a rare, unusual disease that sort of presents like the smallpox that is traveling around, and there's some cases in Africa, there's some cases in the UK, in Spain, there's a case in the United States, for goodness sakes, and this is a concern. Don't be all that concerned. Monkeypox isn't all that dangerous. Even though some strains can actually kill up to 10% of the people who get it, that's rare, more like 1%, and it typically doesn't spread from humans to humans. In fact, weirdly, it's not even a monkey-based virus at all. It comes from squirrels and rats and things like that and it tends to be transmitted from them to humans through scratching, biting with bodily fluids, or from humans to other humans through touching of, for example, the sores or the pox that cover them that look like, you know, welts with a kind of a whitish top, and it kind of looks like smallpox. It sort of presents like smallpox with aches and fever and, again, the actual lesions on your skin and the stronger cases. But remember, it doesn't travel very well from human to human, which is why when there have been infections in the past or outbreaks in the past— They burn themselves out very quickly. In fact, one person is most likely to transmit to nobody else. The r naught is below one. And the reason that we're seeing it a little bit more is because of a good thing. We have smallpox vaccine that has eradicated smallpox from the world, and we were so successful at getting rid of smallpox in the 70s that essentially we stopped vaccinating people against it, and that is what had covered people against monkeypox. Now they're not getting the smallpox vaccine, and they're more susceptible to monkeypox, which itself isn't all that bad, usually. And there actually have been outbreaks before, but they just don't last very long. There was one with some rodents that shipped from Ghana to Illinois. Basically, some pouched rats and squirrels tested positive, transmitted it to prairie dogs that were sold as pets that people. bought. 47 people caught the disease. Everybody recovered. No one spread the disease to another person. That was in 2003. But enter the realm of conspiracy theory, and now you've got a good story because... Bill Gates. That's right. You remember Bill Gates? You know, the creative genius behind Microsoft that some people believe has put microchips in the COVID vaccine so that they can track us more effectively. Come on. You know, some weird cousin of yours on Facebook believes this, right? Well, now there's some people on Twitter who say that Bill Gates is behind the monkeypox. Why? Because he's been saying that governments should fund research into hypothetical smallpox bioterrorism acts, something that he warned about last year and also back in 2017. And since the conspiracy verse is already triggered to think of Bill Gates as the source of the problem because of what they say are the connections between Bill Gates and the SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 virus, you get it. They're kind of ready to see this. So noted experts such as Right Said Fred, yeah, the British dance pop trio, Right Said Fred, they're too sexy for good science. They tweeted, Davos, the WHO treaty, and Bill Gates' book, How to Prevent the Next Pandemic, segue conveniently into emerging reports of monkeypox. Another user on Twitter said, U.S. purchased monkeypox vax a week ago. The world's about to sign a treaty with the WHO, giving them full control during a health emergency. And Bill Gates warned us about the next one, monkeypox now making headlines. Hmm. Okay, stop it. (laughs) I mean, first, basic common sense should tell you that if Bill Gates were an evil genius capable of putting microchips or nanotechnology inside the vaccines, Why would he have to come along later and do something like this? Are you implying that Bill Gates is only smart enough to come out with an initial version of some program that's going to mostly work but not quite and then need subsequent upgrades and continuous revisions in order to keep it functioning? Oh. Dang it! Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And now from the questions everybody secretly is terrified to ask themselves file, is my boss a psychopath? Well, if you're wondering about the statistics, approximately 1 in 170 people in the community, or about 0.6%, would technically meet the diagnosable criteria to be a true psychopath. You know, somebody who doesn't have a conscience. They just do whatever best serves their personal, cold, calculating self-interest, no matter whom it hurts. So they tend to manipulate other people in order to get what they want, causing them disproportionate pain and suffering in the process. I, I know, I know this can sound a little bit familiar if you're thinking about your... Uh, manager, let's say. And yes, it turns out that people in management positions are actually more likely than the general population to have, let's just say, some psychopathic traits, not necessarily call them the P-word. In fact, one bit of research says it's about 1% of senior management positions, which is about double the general population. Another study says that as much as 12% of CEOs might be psychopaths, meaning the higher up the chain you go, the more psychopaths you're likely to encounter. And if you think about it, weirdly, this makes sense because most people are hindered and plagued by doubt and conscience and worrying about the adverse consequences of their decisions on other people. People who advance are often very good at making decisions. Why? Because they don't care. And they can just do what is going to profit them the most, regardless of who gets hurt. This means they'll take big gambles that pay off well. They might also crash the company, okay, but they do tend to be decisive enough to wind up in leadership positions psychopaths tend not to be willing to admit that they're wrong unless that is itself a kind of a strategy for persuading people or creating a false sense of camaraderie with them they're very charming initially and then they will manipulate you gradually into you know doing whatever they want so if this is starting to be more concerning than it was at the beginning and you're beginning to wonder i don't know maybe my boss here's what you got to do first of all if somebody genuinely is psychopathic It's not really their fault. They just can't detect the things and they have no read on the things that hinder normal people from doing bad stuff. They might even be able to see that they're bothering you, irritating you, or making you upset. They just don't feel it the same way you might feel it in empathy with other people. So if you really think this is happening with you at work, you've got to learn to speak their language. For example, when they want you to do something that is really not a good idea from a moral perspective, say... Interesting suggestion. I would actually be more productive if I could do it this other way because they'll relate to the idea of achieving an objective, right? Also understand, psychopaths are highly narcissistic. So if you praise them, flattery is an effective way to manipulate them in return. But at the end of the day, your only recourse, if you find yourself working for a psychopath, might be leave or embrace the success. Okay, now I know we already talked about how Bill Gates did not put microchips or nanobots inside the vaccine, but I do have a legitimate story about nanobots. Seriously, microscopic robots that are being used by dentists as a way of killing bacteria deep inside of your teeth that make it so that root canals are effective? Oh no, this is some for real crazy next level stuff. See, the problem in removing the infected soft tissue inside the tooth, the pulp, okay, and then flushing the tooth with antibiotics or chemicals to kill the bacteria that cause the infection is some of the bacteria survive, especially if they're antibiotic-resistant bacteria like Enterococcus faecalis that can remain hidden inside microscopic canals in the tooth called dentinal tubules. I know, scary stuff, but hear me out. Scientists at the Indian Institute of Science, which has the coolest name, it's called Theranautilus, They say they're almost ready to do clinical trials with a technology that uses magnets and microscopic nanobots that they can insert into the root canal after they've killed off the pulp, and the bots can basically be pushed toward and detecting bacteria, and then there's a surface effect that they can use to heat the bot, which kills the bacteria and so if you ever remember the old Ricky tikki Tavi movie where Ricky, the mongoose, goes into the cobra's hole and fights the snakes and kills them there, not to ruin the ending, but that's what this is. The bots are way smaller than the dental tubes, and they go in there, and they find the hiding bacteria, and they heat blast them into destruction. And then by the same devices they use to guide them into the dental tubes, they can recall them and extract them out, and your tooth is completely cleaned. So the root canal works. Don't ask me how. I'm a radio guy. I don't know these things. All I know is if you can make a root canal effective and not have a recurrence of the problems and the pain, and it has to happen with microbots, do it. All of this sounds amazing until they vote to unionize. That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup, and consider subscribing to the digital and the print editions of Newsweek if you don't already. Hit that five-star review before you go. I appreciate it. I'm Andrew Tolman. Thanks for listening to the Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.